0: Hello, and welcome to episode 7 of Ag My Optics, a podcast where two adult men discuss, overanalyse, and generally take a kid's cartoon and toy line a little too seriously. I am a host called Orion Gear, and with me is a co host called Virtual Dave. Hello, Dave, how are you doing?
1: Hello, hello, yes, doing good. Good day.
0: <laughs> Excellent. I'd usually say, in particular, we talk about Transformers, and of course, we will. A lot. But uh, the topic of this episode is toy collecting, all toys, and in particular, um, toy hunting and buying. But before I start with that, we had a listener comment on Toy Collecting Part One. That's right, we have at least one listener. (laughs) Our first part of the Toy Collecting podcast was about what we buy and why. And in reference to... The Rules We Set set Ourselves, a forum member called Primacron commented, I enjoy your discussion on collecting rules. I think you have an unusually strict set of rules for yourself. (laughs) And I just, I mean, what do you think of that? Do you
1: agree, Dave? Um, Well, it depends which one he was implying because I think your set of rules is a lot stricter than mine. He was talking about mine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, in answer to that, my rules are quite strict, but I break them all the time. <laughs> and I, I blame lockdown boredom for, for a lot of it recently anyway. Sitting indoors on the internet, looking at toys, mm-hmm. having a kind of itchy order finger, as it were. However, it, the, the rules do work because um, my top few rules are um, only the best looking represent- representation of my favourite characters and designs mm-hmm. and um, only one of each character at that scale. I started a Legends collection not so long ago, Mm -hmm. kind of centred around that Zeta Unicron, and I realised recently that that's got a bit out of control because I'm starting buying... I've started buying characters that I already have a good representation of in a Masterpiece scale, and I don't really want many of the same character. So Mm. that's resulted in me kind of reassessing and decided I'm going to quit the Legends, or at least reduce the Legends down to just kind of stuff that goes with that Unicron. So just kind of 1986 movie-specific mm-hmm. ca- characters, and no, nothing that kind of crosses over with the stuff that I've got from on my masterpiece shelf. So, it, it you know, it, it works to kind of uh, make sure things just don't get horribly out of control.
1: I think we all have that. I think we all have, like, a... Well, we might not call it rules, but we have, like, a little version of ourselves on our shoulders, like, it's saying that this is a good idea and this is a bad idea. and Absolutely. How much are you investing in this um, different version of Optimus Prime for the 150th time, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, and you have to kind of have a word with yourself and go, do you really need this? <laughs> if you didn't pre-order this or you didn't buy this, would you miss it?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah! My
0: with that out of the way, we both collect toys. Uh, I think we've made that much clear. It's a big part, of, um, big part of that is getting hold of new ones. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's as easy as walking into a shop and handing over some cash or visiting an online retailer and clicking buy now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's more complicated than that. Sometimes you need to hunt stuff. And that is the topic of today's podcast, The Hunt. Mm-hmm. So Dave, how do you hunt for your new toys, both now and in the past?
1: Um, well, in the past, it was probably more like a hunt, because you have to make the journey to a shop, and you have to make sure, because I would always, I would always have the, the, probably the common issue a lot of people have when they were younger is that you would see something you really like when you don't have the money for it, mm-hmm. and then when you have the money for it, it's no longer in the shop, <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, oh well, <laughs> there is there was no oh, I'll I'll check on eBay or I'll look it up online. It was none of that. It was just like, it's gone. It's gone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder if I'll ever see that again. Yeah, (laughs) that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. I mean, in in the past, I used to go to shops and I wouldn't know. Like, these days, you know what? pretty much everything that's out Mm there you know what the new toys coming out are, you know what they look like, you've, prob- you know, you've probably already made a decision about whether you're going to buy it or not. Whereas when I was a kid, it was like, I go to the toy shop and what I see in the toy shop is what I know is available, <laughs> you know? And the only other way of knowing that is like looking at the backs of the boxes or the little catalogs or whatever, or the, the card backs, like the G.I. Mm-hmm. Joes used to have all the, uh, all the figures in that wave on the back so you could kind of tick them off. But that's the only way you knew what was available. And I guess that also kind of leads into the hunting. So you'd see a figure in the catalogue or whatever and you'd be like, well, I want that, but where the hell do I find mm-hmm. it? And it's trawling around various toy shops looking for it. Whereas, yeah, today, the internet, you know, yeah, you know everything that's coming out. It's up for pre-order at a particular time. Off you go and pre-order it or you buy it online or buy it from a shop online and it, yeah, it's delivered to your door.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's a, big, it's a big difference from what I would like to call the... Uh... The pokemon days because it's kind of like you're robbing through a forest and you never know what's going to be there which Pokemon's going to jump out at you <laughs> whereas whereas yeah. whereas now we've got the whole pokedex you know exactly yeah. <laughs> who's going to be in which forest and which part of the town so it's uh a wild
0: scorponok has appeared <laughs> yeah.
1: that
0: kind of thing <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i mean it was pot luck, but yeah these days Hunting in regards to toys these days is if you're looking for something older or vintage mm-hmm. that's no longer at retail, and then you've got to kind of like start trying to find someone selling it, whether it be on eBay or Facebook or um, forums mm-hmm. or whatever. Hunting's a, little, a lot more digital these days. I certainly wouldn't go looking in shops
1: for stuff generally. Oh yeah, no, because you, yeah, well, I mean, if it is there the chances of it being there while you're there is, is, the, is the gamble, really. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yes, especially with the, the way a lot of toy lines are these days mm-hmm. with their distribution. Ah, so when did you start hunting toys then?
1: Um, I think it was probably like a few years ago, probably 2017 or so, when I started going back to um, Comic-Con and mm-hmm. MCM. And where I was starting to, like, um, noticing a lot more of the vendors having their own online stores. And then I would, you know, collect the information and follow it up once I got home. And I was like, oh, this is there. That's there. Oh, I just wanted one of those. Oh, well, I'll, add, I'll uh, make an account. I'll add that to the cart. And it mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of just went downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> Conventions
0: is a good example actually, yeah. That's that's another place where you can do a bit of hunting because mm-hmm. you can find rare stuff. I mean I've been to auto assembly a couple of times. Wanna to go to a TFN at some point but not got around to it. You'd find stuff there that was um very you know, not, not stuff you'd normally be able to find online or whatever because you have got dealers there. And uh back when I was first back into Transformers Collecting, I used to like just get pally with different retailers. It was a it was a much simpler time back then, I think. But like there's certain eBay sellers I would kind of I would buy from regularly and then I just get like friendly with them and start emailing them and then they they just let me know when the next thing was in and they just sell it to me outside of eBay. Oh that's cool. And there was a place called Ellis Models, I forget where it was now, but it was only about a, it was only about a forty five minute drive away from Sheffield. It was Sutton in Ashford actually. And the nice chap running the store, both in Idlewell's shopping centre and online, was Dave Ellis. If you're listening, Dave, and we're sure you're not, you were hugely important in Proto Orion Gears collecting journey. And for that, we thank you. Um, I started buying stuff from him online, and he had like a um, a shop in a, well, a stall in a market, an indoor market. Mm -hmm. And I'd let him know that I wanted this, that or the other. He'd say, I'm getting these these vintage figures in. I think I got... Um, what did I get from him? I got Beast Wars Tigerhawk for him, for example. Wow. And a few other bits and bobs. And yeah, he we'd chat online and I'd say, I'm looking for this. And he goes, oh, I think I can find you one of those. And then I'd drive down there and pick it up.
1: Oh, there you go, yeah.
2: Ah,
0: I was thinking to myself when I first... My first memory of toy hunting. And it was probably when I went to... Florida in 1991 wow. because um, at the time me and my friend Oliver Henshaw were heavily into G.I. Joe mm-hmm. the Transformers bubble had just burst and we we're into G.I. Joe now for some reason <laughs> and um, he, him and his brother obviously his parents they'd been to America maybe three or four months earlier and they'd come back with loads of fancy gi joes that you couldn't get in the uk Mm. and i was like i want some of these and when it was announced that we're going to go to disney world i was like pretty excited about disney world but much more excited about going to toys r us (laughs) 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 and seeing if i could find several of these figures that i wanted and i remember going in toys r us and like picking you know picking out all these figures that i that i'd wanted that i couldn't get in the uk and uh bringing back I brought back, I think, about ten carded figures wow. and two vehicles for GI Joe. And I remember like searching various toy shops, including Toys R Us, and a few, you know, one or two others. I also brought back a Power Ranger as well. Right. I told, I think I told you about it. Like it was an early version of. Um...
1: Oh yes, yes
0: it is. Yeah. And I bought that just because it looked cool. I had no idea what Power Rangers was at the time. I don't think it might have been on. You, well, I don't know when it started on UK television, but I doubt it's it was not,
1: ninety-one. It was ninety-three for UK television. But there you
0: go. Yeah. So mean, it, it wasn't a Power Ranger; it was a you know, it was a Sentai mm. figure. But I just thought it looked cool, and I had no idea what Power Rangers were. It was pre-Power Rangers and appears to have been a figure from the Super Sentai line, possibly Jetman. It wasn't very articulated, but had diecast parts and a working holster, which back then was mind-blowing to a twelve-year-old Orion
1: Gear. So did you, um, when you were selecting these toys, did you keep the boxes or the cars? Or did you just have to shake a chunk of your clothes and leave it in America <laughs> to I fit don't, space? I,
0: just, I, made, I, I knew that I wanted to bring stuff back. So I think I made sure there was space. Right. <laughs> I think my parents knew that we'd want to bring stuff back. So they had space in their suitcase. I, I was very lucky that I could buy that much stuff, to be honest. It's all gone now. Sold it. But, um, mm. but it was great at the time. That's probably my earliest memory because, yeah, previous to that, it was go down to the toy shop and whatever was there, you pick something out rather than I'm looking for this one, this one, and this one, yeah. and I'm going to go to this shop, this shop, and this shop and see if I can find it, which, of course, I've done a lot since, obviously. I you know used to kind of go around the various toy departments of Sheffield looking for certain things from time to time and then hop on the tram and go to Toys R Us if I couldn't find it in, in the city centre. And then when I'd go, any time I'd go to another city for whatever reason, I'd ha- I'd go, well, let's I'm just going to ch- pop in here and see what they've got. <laughs> I used to pick up stuff at car boot sales as well. Mm. Like, you know, vintage stuff, kind of Generation 1 stuff. Oh, and um, <laughs> uh, my girlfriend at the time, this was in 2003 or something like that, she knew that her brother had a bunch of transformers in the loft, uh her parents. <laughs> so we went through went through them all, and uh, I just picked out various bits and bobs. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them were a complete mess, but I got a nice and I got a nice set of long smoke stacks for my G1 Prime because I've got I've got the I've got the reissue, the Toys R Us reissue with the stubby stacks, the shorter ones. Mm-hmm. So I've got I've now got some vintage stacks on my. Um, or well, have had that for years now but yeah I like that so that's I suppose that's hunting as well it's hunting around in lofts
1: <laughs> that's so that's so cool I never really thought of it that way I didn't because back when I was younger it wasn't really hunting it was just um I see a Transformer uh, I get a Transformer it wasn't really it wasn't being very selective it was only if like in Argos catalogue where it would say um it may vary or something like that like the picture might not necessarily be what you order when you put the number in. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you could view it or check to see if it was what they had. Yeah. But sometimes they would only have like one picture for all the deluxes um, in a wave or something. Uh, that was uh, probably the only type of hunting I would think of at that time because I was like, well, I want this one. Why don't you have this one? Yeah, and the
0: Argos staff would be like, what's wrong with you? This is...
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is the thing it's like no but they're different (laughs) yeah I I remember doing that I remember I think I went down to Argos with my mate Stu when um the first well you know classics became universe Mm -hmm. 2.0 or whatever you want to call it the second the second iteration of Transformers universe and I, I do remember going down to Argos with him because I think he wanted a particular one. It might have been Octane or it might have been Who else is in that first wave? Was a Sunstreaker in there? Anyway. He wanted a particular one. And it been very kind of um Yeah. Can you bring them out and show me which ones you've got? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's so different now. It's it's the mode of research and looking into things I do now is so different. Like I'm so much more switched on to what's what's happening in the toy world.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, research, well, like I mentioned earlier, was uh, when we were younger, when I was younger anyway, it really just was what you saw on the telly, what you saw on the back mm. of boxes, uh, what you saw in catalogues, be them the catalogues that came with the toy or Argos catalogues or index catalogues or whatever. You'd learn about new toys that way, you know, through either advertising or, mm. yeah, your Argos catalogue. So you wouldn't necessarily know everything that was out at, the, at that particular time.
1: It's probably the um, the biggest um, influence the internet has had on the toy world is that the knowledge of releases and street dates, or which is exclusive to what, you mm. know, everyone knows it now. Or well, the option for people to find out is a lot easier than it just being so random. Or I have no idea, and you know,
0: yeah, yeah. You can make a much more informed choice, but there's. At the same time, there's so much, there's so much choice as well. That's also a um, I mean, at least back then, it was like, "Here's an Optimus Prime. I'm going to buy this Optimus Prime." Not. Here's fifty <laughs> different Optimus Primes.
1: Which one do you want? And this is only wave one. Don't worry. <laughs> More in wave two.
0: <laughs> there's there's this one this big. There's one this big. There's one made by Hasbro. One made by Takara Tomy. They've got yep. slightly different paint. Then there's a bunch of third-party ones. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's so so much more choice than, than previous. It can be a little bit kind of daunting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Of course, you know, you've got the knock-off issue. I mean, back back when we were shopping in shops, you you, knew, you could tell a knock-off from, a, from mm. an official thing because the knock-offs were, well, they were really bad back then for a start. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they wouldn't be sold in, you know, your regular toy shops. They'd be in, like, your budget shops.
1: Oh yeah, I remember going on holiday and there would just always be like, so many knockoffs of G1 toys, either weirdly scaled or downsized or odd colours. Yep. I mean, looking back at it, I was like, it's a wonder why I bought as many as I did, but then it was uh probably my first experience with like G1 type of Transformers. Yeah. And it's quite surprising how some have still survived after so long, actually.
0: Yeah, some of them are shocking i got a, a knockoff g1 devastator and mm-hmm. it looked it looked the part but that the plastic was so brittle
2: it <laughs> snapped
0: in so many places over the time i had it i basically had to glue it together
1: it's kind of like um, one of those like an indiana jones film where you open the casket and then the, the air just yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <suddenly> <laughs> <destroys> it. <laughs> it just kind of evaporates doesn't it, it just it turns into dust yeah absolutely um I've had a few nice knockoffs. offs I mean, obviously, these days, there's some very, very nice knock-offs, mm. which you tend to buy online, but I mean actually bought in shops. Like, um, for a while, there were a lot of Binaltech knockoffs kicking about, and they were quite good, just like various versions of, um, was, I think it was mostly Hound. I think there were a few others, but you could get Hound in almost every colour under the sun.
1: Where would you get a knock-off? Well, by back then.
0: They were really easy to find. Yeah. They were just being sold in kind of your kind of dodgy uh, news agents and so on and uh, places like that.
1: Okay. Oh. Yeah.
0: And they were and they were diecast. And they were wow. Yeah. Unlike you know the altern- actual alternators that were actually at retail in the UK.
1: That's interesting. I didn't know that there was such kos at the time.
0: Yeah, they weren't fantastic, but they were not bad. They had some kind of loose joint problems and things like that, but generally they weren't too they weren't too bad at all. I'm I got I got a white one and um, made it into a ratchet.
1: Oh, cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My
0: yeah, the internet has really kind of made research a lot easier um, in that respect.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, I've got the whole long list of online retailers now where it's. I think I only started originally with two, which was Kapow Toys and In-Demand Toys. And now it's, it's spread out to all sorts of different things, all different corners of toys. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There's there's so many different places you can go to to get this stuff now. Um, actually, talk talking about online retailers, maybe we should talk about pre-ordering because that's kind of what we have to do these days.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's very rare that you wait for something to be released and then you buy it. <laughs> um, especially the way things are released these days and how quickly things sell out.
1: Um, I guess it's what got me before, you know, the recent years where things have been selling out so quickly is just the the weird type of commitment you have to make to it.
2: That mm-hmm.
1: so you pre-order something so you get it when it eventually releases to the general public, but you could still go into a shop and have bought this thing, but you're... Kind of committing to this virtual agreement to buy it from this person when it comes out. Yeah, which uh, was a weird concept to me at the beginning um, when I started pre-ordering stuff. But I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a must at the moment. Like, if you don't pre-order something, you're definitely not going to get it.
0: Yeah, it used to just be that you'd do it just to kind of um, get a good price or something. Yeah, not to ensure you actually get one. <laughs> 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 which it really is now. Like there's especially with some stuff, um, which drives me a little bit crazy and has kind of like put me off some stuff. Like, you know that I'm quitting G.I. Joe classified and one of the main reasons I'm doing that is that they're so damn hard to get a hold of.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't know I don't know about the G. I. Joe line. I think it's uh it's a mixture of things. Like one Hasbro's distribution is kind of terrible and it seems to be even worse, um, in the UK. But it's also I think it's because it's G. I. Joe. Like it's I mean, for years I've heard of this franchise being knocked about and being want in this scale and this, you know, quality of uh you know, uh build and accessories and whatnot, but no one wants the small three quarters or the, the giant ones like hot toys. People people wanted that scale and that size for so long, so, so now it's happened. It literally, you know, people's uh prayers have come to fruition and now they're all jumping on it because it's a similar scale to what probably presumably what they would collect normally, so
0: Well yes, yeah, same scale it's, um, as Black Series or um, Marvel Legends. Yeah. But it's frustratingly difficult to get hold of. <laughs> really, really difficult. Like so much of the stuff comes out as um, as exclusives to particular stores or websites or whatever, and they sell out really quick. I mean, th- this is me. This is me getting back into buying actual Hasbro product, which I've not done in. I would say the last proper Hasbro toy I bought previous to buying starting to buy Geojo classified. It was probably. Generations Rat Trap. Mm-hmm. That's I, I just picked it up in a shop off a peg, and went, "Oh, this is quite good. I'll get that."
1: Well, that that was quite a while ago, isn't it? Generations Rat Trap. That's it's got to be over five years ago. Yeah, at least. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I mean, as you can see, a lot's changed since then.
0: It's horrible. Um... It, I, I, that's why I'm quitting <laughs> again. Honestly, it's awful. I don't know how you. I don't know how you live with it. <laughs> it's like um, we're not we're, we're making this stuff exclusive and it's not just a special character it's one of the main ones you're gonna want like it's stupid don't you have the same kind of issue with seekers with uh war for cybertron yeah
1: yeah I, well i mean that's always that's always been a thing with seekers isn't, no, it, isn't it no it's not no it's not always been a thing <laughs> no, no, no I i mean like okay of recent times It's been this trend of like, well, we'll make one, this weird exclusive in a box set that you don't want any of the other figures or it's impossible to get or it's in a limited amount. But we'll do it every time with at least one of them. Why are they (laughs) such arseholes?
2: I just don't... (laughs) I don't
0: know. (laughs) It's it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. I've realised... Because yes, uh, since lockdown, I kind of got. I've started buying more figures, um, and I've started buying things like that, and I've realised I want to go back to my old ways of (laughs) pre-ordering six to ten figures a year, (laughs) getting them, appreciating them on on their own merits, having a good old time with each one individually, and then that's it. Rather than I've got to pre-order this, this, that I've got to make, I've got to put six pre-orders in for six different figures. They're all going to come within the same two weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to be chasing down this particular figure because it's so rare. It's like, I can't be doing with it. <laughs> and then you, you don't get hold of that particular figure. And then you go on eBay and they're being sold for twice as much because people are scalping them.
1: Yep. It's,
0: it's, yeah, it's, it's exhausting.
1: I think it's 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 literally even worse in the u k because we don't have um for one the distribution and there's always such a delay on what mm. we get compared to the rest of the world or the rest of the western world yeah um it's not uh personally it makes you more frustrated or uh I don't know what the right word is envious is like. You can see someone getting the entire wave of something that you've been waiting for for like a year, yeah, within like a month or two, what you have to wait an extra six sometimes more months for the same thing, so you're always behind, yeah, which should be a normal distribution to everyone and well, that's
0: sort of always been that's always been the case with Hasbro though um I think at least now you do i mean you can correct me if I'm wrong but Back when I was collecting, say, the Unicron Trilogy stuff mm-hmm. or RID, there was stuff that just wouldn't get released here. Mm. It would just be, oh, no, that's not coming out in the UK. Tough. But like, well, why? <laughs> so it wasn't just waiting for it. It was wondering whether it's actually going to come out.
1: Well, that's well, that's it. I mean, it's the pre-order is there. It exists. It should be. Oh, well, <laughs> this is... But this, was pre- this was
0: pre-pre-orders. <laughs> okay. well, I... No one was pre-ordering Hasbro stuff because you were expected to go to Toys R Us to buy it. Or you'd have to wait for it to go live on the I remember waiting for um, Masterpiece Soundwave, the Hasbro version of Masterpiece Soundwave, waiting for that to go live on the Toys R Us website in order to buy it. <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> pre-order it on the Toys R Us website. You had to wait until the day it was released and then hit buy.
1: Toys so Us didn't even have the best website. No, it's a terrible, with, terrible too. website.
0: <laughs> oh dear. Essentially, Hasbro are an American company and they're primarily concerned with selling toys to Americans.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get that. I mean, it's also kind of like how people are kind of frustrated with like Takara releases or Masterpiece coming out so many times. It's like, well, it's not for us. <laughs> so. Well, that's different, isn't it? I
0: mean, it, Hasbro are... Hasbro do do exist in the UK and are meant to but they I think that they consider the UK and Europe and as more of a secondary market these days. They were
1: pretty fantastic old.
0: during the eighties. We got stuff we got stuff in the eighties that they didn't even get in America. See? <laughs> it was the early nineties really. The Transformers Toy Line, which would later be referred to as Generation One or G1 was cancelled in the US in 1990. In Europe, however, the line continued with classics reissues of early 84 to 87 figures, and later new European exclusive figures, including an extension to the Action Masters subgroup, and brand new ones, such as Turbo Masters and Predators. But for some reason now, it's very much, you know, concentrate on their their main market, the US, and then they'll just throw us scraps, as it were, I mean, at least with Takara, they've got that excuse. We're not supposed to be buying their stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing you learn as well, isn't it? Like, which retailers to go with, depending on... Who to trust. You know, who's, who to trust. Yeah,
0: who provides good customer service and who doesn't. Because, oh, yeah. you know, I've had a few, a few issues with customer service from... I'm not going to name them here, but a few <laughs> retailers that make me now... Put them towards the bottom of the list if I'm looking for something. Yeah, and I'll go for I'll go to my trusted ones, my favourite ones first, and then kind of move down. And of course, it's price as well. Obviously, places are, some places are cheaper than others.
1: It's also a thing. Yeah, um, it's it's difficult. There's a amount of things that you play into before you make a purchase, especially mm-hmm. when you know it's an option on other places. But when it's there is no other option, and it's like, well, it's either this or I don't guess it's at all. It's that type of. Little conversations yeah.
0: to have with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and with it all being kind of pre-ordering, you've got plenty of time to regret it after you've uh, <laughs> after you've hit buy, as it were. Like, and I mean, I was going to say, like, so there, there's all the different types of pre-ordering as well. There's ones mm-hmm. where you pay up front. There's ones where you pay a deposit. There's ones where you pay nothing until it's actually released. Mm-hmm. And they all have different levels of risk that you've got to consider. Like, if you're paying up front, that's it, really that's money spent and you've got to wait. And it's lovely when it turns up because you haven't got to pay for it because you paid for it mm. months ago. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, you're like, well, that's... If I want that money back, if I want to cancel that pre-order, it's going to be a bit of a ball ache. Whereas mm. other places, you can just click a button and it's cancelled.
1: Mm. It's true because it's it, that also does depend as well, like... Certain places don't let you cancel and get a full refund unless it's under certain circumstances. And then you don't get a percentage back or you might not get the deposit back. There's so many different rules.
0: Yeah, yeah. And again, that's that's another consideration when you're choosing who you go with. Mm -hmm. One of the things about pre-ordering is it kind of takes some of the thrill of the hunt out of it, really. It's like, (laughs) that's locked in. That's coming. Great. I'll just wait for it now.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know about that. (laughs) still could be waiting for a long time. <laughs> yeah, you still,
0: yeah. What I mean is that you know you're getting it, you know. It's not kind of like, oh, I really need to, I hope I can find this figure. You know, you know are getting it. Like it's the moment it's pre-order goes up. You've hit, you've hit pre-order, it's coming. But there's another thing, though. pre-ordering uh, to avoid missing out mm. or the fear of missing out. Mm. Did you do an awful lot of that?
1: Uh, yeah, all the time. It's mostly I find it more with mainline stuff, if anything. It's um it's such a question mark because during the last trilogy, the Prime Wars trilogy, Mm -hmm. there was there was a time where stuff was selling out like the Combiner Wars and Times Returns, but they would always pop up in other um actual stores a lot later. Like your BNM, your TK Maxx, they would like a leader six shot which was 50-something pounds at retail, showed up in B&M for, like, 15 pounds. Mm. Or the major box sets they had during the time showed up at stuff like um, Home Bargains for, like, 20 quid. Yeah. With, like, five different figures in it. So it, there was this uh, there was this time frame where there was a lot of things you could have possibly missed out on, but there was still a chance to get it later on and definitely at a cheaper price. That's, that's gone. Yeah, that's that's not longer happening.
0: In a way, though, isn't that better because you're not having to gamble in that right in that way? You know, you know if you want it, you need to pre-order it. You, you're not you're not thinking, I'll oh, hold off on that because I think that one might turn up because you don't know what's going to turn up in the. Uh... You
1: you don't, but I mean, it's a weird type of battle you have got to have with yourself because you're just like, well, if you at first you don't even think that this should be worth the price at retail, it is for this this character versus where you want that character in your collection and you know there's a good chance Mm -hmm. this might turn up in a place later on like i think recently siege toys have been popping up at TK max for like a tenner each, really like deluxes and that's what when does siege come out like two three years ago now
0: yeah
1: yeah we have been waiting for so long for that gamble
0: yeah but i suppose that's that's more of a kind of impulse buy, isn't it, when those kind of things turn up? Because, I, I mean, they're, mm. they're there for mums to pick up for their kids while they're shopping for socks and pants and so on or whatever, <laughs> aren't they, really? I mean, I, I picked up a few figures from um, from TK Maxx that I passed on previously, but because they were so cheap, I was like, yeah, I'm going to give this a go. Yeah. I think I got... I'm pretty sure I got Energon Omega Supreme from TK Maxx. Wow. I think so. I might be... Misremembering,
1: but I think I did. Now that's, that sounds like a thing that I just randomly would be into TK maxed.
0: Yeah, I've made a few kind of impulse buys in those kind of places. It's stuff that you maybe wouldn't have bought, but you're like, well, this is only a teller or whatever, you know? Yeah. I'll give this a go. <laughs> My anyway, talking of pre orders, mm-hmm. I warned you, I was going to ask you, what do you currently have on pre order? Now you might just need to, uh, generalise here because I know you've, you I think you said you have loads on pre-order
1: I do have a loads and I actually did make a list um, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually quite a long list but I will just shout out the companies not necessarily mm-hmm. what I've got so I've got stuff from Figma Nendoroid Marvel Legends DC Multiverse Sentinel, Nafix Transformers Mainline SH Figure Arts uh, Power Rangers Necker, The Loyal Subjects uh, And I think that's it And I actually went through and counted up How many pre-orders I have at the moment And you want to take a guess?
0: Oh god um, I'm going to Say 40
1: Very close
0: Really? Yeah <laughs> because that's in, that's an insane amount in my opinion but I thought it would be quite large <laughs> oh
1: I missed that Flame Toys yeah Flame Toys oh yeah um <laughs> 51 pretty 51 old. 51
0: so, and how do you manage all this like do you know when they're coming
1: uh yeah like well now I mean it's such a it's such a high amount I have to be aware of when uh a deposit is due, or a balance is due. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do make notes and plan <laughs> for each one's arrival, and then readjust when Mafex is delayed. And, you know.
0: <laughs> Mafex is like um, it's a it's, it's an absolute lottery when those are dropping. <laughs> There's no way of knowing. But I'm I'm the same. I mean, um, I've I've got a calendar on my phone, and mm-hmm. I have every pre-order you know, when it actually comes out marked on my calendar so I know when things are coming. Although, again, those do get moved regularly, especially mm-hmm. the dreaded Mayfex. But yeah, that's a lot,
1: though. It is a lot.
0: So you must be getting stuff kind of dropping
1: every other week or so. Oh, it, oh I do. It's um, me, and, me and the postman have a, good, have a good laugh about it every time he turns up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like those, those... You've got... How do I, how do I pronounce it, is it Nendoroid? Nendoroids, yeah. You seem to get one of those every other day. Uh,
1: yeah, it's um, it, looking through all my pre-orders, I realise how how many of those I have, and how many, <laughs> how much is it? It's kind of exploded. Well,
0: just seriously, listeners, just just take a look at um, Virtual Dave's uh, Instagram <laughs> and the number of boxes of Nendoroids that seem to be <laughs> flying into his house. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That yeah, so that's yeah, four fifty or so. That's that's a lot. I think I've got. Well, I, I can tell you, I have mm-hmm. quite a few Mayflex figures. Probably about five or six.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Sen- uh, Sentinel figure, same one as you, Sentinel Miles. Mm-hmm. MP Star Scream, mm-hmm. MP Skids, and MP Reboost. Mm-hmm. Flame Toys Primal, Flame Toys Rodimus, mm-hmm. Magic Square Metallic. Uh, Light of Freedom or Optimus Prime <laughs> and um, Classified Flint who I've already sold to someone but it hasn't been it hasn't been sent to me yet right. <laughs> but some of those are speculative as well like for instance um, I've pre-ordered Masterpiece Starscream because I need a Starscream for a Masterpiece display but I'm still not 100% convinced I want it but I'm like <laughs> no I'll pre-order it now and get it cheap and then if, if I don't want it I can sell it on and mm-hmm. that, that Magic Square Ultimus um, Prime. I've already got the original Magic Square Optimus Prime, but I quite like the idea of the metallic version. Mm-hmm. And apparently there's going to be a few improvements made. We're not sure what they are. But if mm-hmm. I get that and I prefer it to the one I've got on my shelf, I'll swap them. Swap it out. Yeah. And that Flames Toys figure, I just want to try it out. <laughs> see if I like it. It's pretty expensive. Uh, in a way, I hope I don't like it, because <laughs> otherwise I might be in for more
1: then. Yeah, I mean, the one I've ordered is the is the Wingblade, um, and it's mostly because of the whole model kit aspect of it, because like, I know that you've got you the Prime and the Megatron yeah. IDW versions of them, and ever since my recent dabble into model kits, I'm all kind of up for it more and more. Yeah.
0: Well, they're really nice model kits. I really enjoy building them. That Flame Toys Rodimus is a model kit as well, hmm. so I'll be building that. I really like the IDW comics, especially the um, More Than Meets the Eye, Lost Light storyline. As long as they keep putting out models of characters from that, I'll keep buying them. Because they're just really, really nice. And again, kind of talked about this in the previous podcast. Uh, For anyone listening, our previous podcast, which goes live very soon. (laughs) We're we're recording on the day it goes live. About alt modes, we were talking about non-transforming figures. And these are non-transforming, but in those IDW comics... um, those characters rarely transformed anyway, mm-hmm. so it's nice. I'm perfectly fine with them not transforming, and they look so spot on. Megatron is glorious, really lovely.
1: But yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot for you kids. <laughs> it is. I mean, you
0: know, like I say, if I if I count up mine, I think I have about maybe fifteen, and that feels <laughs> and that feels like too many for me. <laughs>
1: Well, I have to I have to take into consideration. or if not everything on that list is a pre-order. Some of it is just is stuff that's actually coming, or it's stuff that will definitely not be coming this year.
2: Mm.
1: I can almost guarantee the, the, the Mafex ones. Oh yeah, a few of those are going to be pushed through
0: to again. next year. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Will we get Spider Gwen before the end of the year? Who knows? I mean, it, it, it <laughs> would be
0: nice, wouldn't it? But yeah, I'm not. I'm not holding my breath. As far as Mafex is concerned, I we'll get them when we get them. Yeah, uh, they keep pushing out those reveals, but
1: then mm-hmm.
0: and the pre-orders come <laughs> up, and you pre-order, and then
1: it took ages for Miles and Peter to come out, didn't it? So almost like over a year. Miles in particular,
0: I think Miles went up for pre-order before Peter. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And it was just like, when the hell is this Miles coming out?
1: <laughs> is it even coming out? You get getting all the notifications from Amazon or yeah, whoever. It's like yeah, it's been delayed. Delayed uh.
0: another month And another And another Yeah, absolutely I don't know what the reasoning for that is But they need to sort that out Because it's mm-hmm. it gets a bit tiresome Because by the time you get this stuff Sometimes you have like I'm not interested in it anymore <laughs> <laughs> Like, I've changed I've completely changed what I collect And now this is turning up And I'm like This would have suited me Six months ago But not anymore I've mm-hmm. moved on Yeah the other thing with pre-orders is um, you can get cold feet and cancel them, especially if they take a long time to come out. Sometimes I'll put a pre-order in just to just to be on the safe side, you know, and then a few months later, I might think, actually, I don't want that. And just cancel it. I've done it a fair few times.
1: I did it today, actually. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So you can kind of just jump in and out with that kind of stuff, which is quite useful. Mm. Whereas, you know, that never you'd have to, you just have to buy the stuff. And then make your decision. That's what the aftermarket's for. they selling on stuff. I sell a lot of stuff on. And it's pretty easy to do. Especially with the various communities on uh, forums and Facebook and so on. It's, I mean, eBay's the last place I go to do it because of all the fees you have to pay. Mm. But, you know, it's easy to move this stuff on. There's plenty of people out, here, out there who want what you've got.
1: Oh yeah, especially with stuff like um PayPal and stuff like that. So it's more of a secure way of transferring money mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. Do you buy a lot of stuff from the aftermarket? Do you buy
0: a lot of secondhand stuff?
1: Um, not as much as I used to. When I first started shopping online it was mostly during eBay. So I would just it was just primarily secondhand stuff and it wouldn't have bothered me, mm-hmm. I think the you say is it's always not such a guarantee that you'll get the thing in the aftermarket. Yeah, especially like mainline stuff, like because the only time something really goes on um, aftermarket is either someone scalped it and then it's a ridiculous mm-hmm. price, or a better version has come out and then it's on the market and it's like, well, I don't want this anymore either. <laughs> you like, want the better version. <laughs> the
0: better <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I used to buy loads of stuff, loads of aftermarket stuff. I used to buy lots of either vintage stuff or stuff that I just couldn't find in my local area through forums and ebay and so on Mm -hmm. and you know you'd be on a forum and they'd be saying oh i found a pick pick random toy um i found energon sideways Mm -hmm. and you'd be like they've got it in toys r us macclesfield and it'd be like does anyone want me to pick them one up and then you'd be Mm -hmm. like yeah me yeah and then and then you then they'd send it to you like there's a lot of that because you you know you couldn't be sure whether it's going to turn up in your local shop
1: yeah I've had to do that a couple of times, and it's it's felt so weird to ask someone to do that for me. Yeah. Um, especially someone I don't know. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it can be the only way you get it sometimes.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I've, I, I did it for other people as well. Like, you know, just, I'd be there. I don't think I had a smartphone at the time, so it would literally be get home, fire <laughs> off the computer. Just been down to uh, my local uh, toys, <laughs> toy master, and they've got blah, 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 blah. In fact, I think the website that I was using at the time actually set up a sightings okay. reporting system. You could mm-hmm. go in there and you could say, tell, tell them what store you've been to and what was there and how many. <laughs> so just just to help people out, help people get a hold of mm-hmm. stuff. And I did use that sometimes like to find things because it's like, well, it's not in the usual places.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes I would get in the car and drive to... Another town or city Because I knew or I'd heard that they had that Had that there
1: Yeah It's it, it, something that I do try and do whenever I go to Like um, a proper shop Like Forbidden Planet In in London or Even Orbital Comics when they used to have The odd um, figure in there mm-hmm. And it's like Look guys this is what's, this is what's available And put it on some Facebook groups For so people who would be able to get there Yeah, um, In time yeah, it's a it's a it's a good thing that all, most people do, and let's like let you know, and uh, no, don't go the other way and like buy everything from the shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, <up to> the... <laughs> well, yeah,
0: that's that's out of order, isn't it? Really, uh, that's there's a there's an unwritten rule that you don't. I mean, obviously, people do do this, but most people are sound enough not to be arseholes in that respect.
1: Well, I mean, it's a it's a it's a very gamble uh type of play anyway as
0: you know i was in forbidden planet yesterday and Mm. they had about six or seven gi joe classified Mm. major bloods and they've been quite difficult to get hold of i've noticed that they've gone up on hasbro pulse now though so maybe they're releasing a bunch more stock or something but like i don't know what they would have said if i'd gone to the counter with all six but (laughs) i could have done that i wouldn't but I could have done that. And then I could have stuck them on eBay and sold them for twice the price.
1: That's true, actually. I didn't I didn't um, point that out before. That. Some shops do actually have a limit on how much you can buy. They, sh- they should do. Um, or particular items. Yeah, they actually do sometimes.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. And you see it a lot on the online stores as well, like limiting yeah. one per customer kind of stuff. Yeah. There's that, and then there's kind of a... As with the Major Blood, I almost impulse bought him because... He's rare, and I was still slightly umming and ahring about whether I'd given up G.I. Joe Classics or not. And, but then I thought, I don't actually like this character. He doesn't have any kind I don't have any connection to him. Basically, I went to, I went to my rules. I went to my rules <laughs> and said, do I actually care about this figure that much? Is it just because he's hard to get hold of that I want to buy him because I know that if I put him down... He won't be here next time. Is it just that reason? And I thought it—it it is that reason.
1: See, like I—I I, I can't have much of a an objective opinion on GI Joe because I don't know the characters a lot at all. But as far as I'm saying, he's not a major player in the, the world of I GI think, Joe, right?
0: I think he is. He's just one that I kind of passed on. That I because I mean I don't. This is the thing. Another thing about GI Joe is that that. I have a lot of nostalgia for it, but I'm not nearly as into it as I was, say, Transformers or Batman or uh, Spider-Man or whatever. Like, I I read quite a bit of the comics, but not all of it. And I don't really remember Major Blood. I'm sure he was important. But for me, he's just a character that I just know about. I know he's there, but he's he's not one that jumps out at me. So I was just thinking, I don't really know who this guy is. He looks pretty cool. He's got a robotic arm. That's nice. <laughs> but I just thought I'm, I'm just because I walked around the shop with it in my hand <laughs> while I thought about it, and I just thought, no, I don't. I don't actually need this, and I've already decided I'm selling all my GI Joe classifieds. So why the hell would I buy this? Mm-hmm. But it was just that kind of fear of missing out. If I don't buy it now, I'm not going to be able to get it. If I change my mind, if I walk out of this sh- this shop and go, actually, I'm going to keep my classified. I'm going to have to run back here and pick it up. <laughs> but I decided, no, 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 no. This is this is the test. If I can put this down and walk out of here and feel fine about it, then I know that I'm happy to quit the line altogether. And I did, and I was.
1: Yeah, I, w- I was very I was very shocked to be honest. Because you did message me about it, and I was like why 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 did you leave without it what's going on
0: sometimes it's better just to walk away (laughs) and it it, for me it felt it felt good that i'd done so so i knew that i made the right decision when i left the shop and i also thought about if i left the shop with it i would probably have regretted that i'd bought it i'd probably be thinking why did i do that (laughs) You do shop in toy stores from time to time. Do you do? Do you get anything like that? Have you uh, ever picked stuff up uh, that maybe you shouldn't have done, or taken advantage of deals that maybe you shouldn't have done?
1: <laughs> yeah, sometimes. I mean, I don't. I don't do it much anymore because I don't go into shops that often now. But it's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I have done it in the past, and it's and it's mostly been by um, I want to say outside influence because I think I have those type of moments that you had, and I I will pick it up. I'll have it in hand. Walk around for a bit, and I start to contemplate to myself: Do I even want this? And whoever's with me, it's kind of like, well, you you do collect this. You 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 <laughs> <laughs> never
0: never ask and never ask another collector because their answer will be, buy it. They're do it.
1: They're not even collectors; they're just friends or family. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, well, you know, this is the stuff that you you buy. I mean, if you miss it now, it's not going to be here later. But uh, yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've had those type of those type of moments more times than I'd like to admit, to be honest. But uh, it doesn't it doesn't happen that much anymore. If I have a figure now, it's because I I, I do really want it on some level, mm-hmm. uh, rather than just adding it to the collection. Yeah.
0: Well, I think the thing right. with buying in physical shops is it's it's um it's more finite. You know, mm. you're there at that particular time. That figure's there right now. It might not be here tomorrow. And it's harder to pass things up than than maybe you would online. Because it's like, I can just go to that website tomorrow and buy it. Mm -hmm. As long as it's not something that's like limited edition or, you know, difficult to, you know, one of those things that disappear, pre-orders disappear in seconds, you know, fans toys or whatever, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But if it's just something that you think, "Eh, I'm I'm considering this, but I don't have to buy it right now. I can buy it whenever I'm ready. Yeah. My I suppose the um the yin to the yang of that, for me anyway, is buying things out of just a need to have a new toy. Mm. You get that itch. Yeah. Oh, I really just want something new and nothing I really like has come out for a while, but maybe I'll just give this a go. <laughs> uh, and that's a lot easier to do online. Yeah,
1: especially if it's... Um... If it's... That and drunk purchasing. <laughs> well, luckily, I don't do that. I'd be a lot, a lot worse than it really is.
0: I've, uh, I don't do it very often, but I have from time to time. Just been a little bit tipsy and just gone. <laughs> yeah, why not? And, uh... <laughs> The next morning, I'm like, "Oh, did I?
1: Oh, I ordered a Haslab Unicorn." By oh no, <laughs>
0: that's the kind of thing you might do, actually. To be honest, it's the kind of thing you might do, uh, because no sober person is going to pay that much for a toy.
1: Well, <laughs>
0: well, of course they are, but you know, you know, you know, okay. you get my point.
1: I think I've I've not really done that. It's more. I think these days it's more. like I'm starting to get really. Uh... Influenced by YouTubers mm. And Who who they buy stuff from And Because I also Because This turns into like KOs for me Because I Fully fledged KO collector When it's applicable And when it's the right thing But I'm A fine comb Find out everything About the possible Pluses and minuses Of of the KO Before I Attempt to buy it And where to get it from uh, So if I was going to look for a KO of a Mafex figure because one the aftermarket price might be ridiculous or it might not even be on the aftermarket it's like it's just gone Sure. Um, so this is the only other option if I want this representation and then look at where the best place to get it and for the best price because you could just as easily think you're buying the legit version and get a KO Mm -hmm. if you know the KO exists so it's that type of stuff is probably the only thing I really like after do my research on and make sure that oh, absolutely. if I'm buying if I'm buying a KO, it's on my <laughs> on my say so. I'm not getting duped into one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because it's I mean, yeah, with KOs, it's it's a minefield. I mean, that's why I tend to t- tend to stay away from them because mm-hmm. there's there's the ethical issues. Which I mean, I'm not. I mean, yeah, I do I do think it's it's bad and wrong. But
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'm not adverse to buying the occasional KO, especially if it's something that maybe I missed out on before or. Um, or I want to make a custom or something like I want to like I bought a Ko Masterpiece Ratchet so that I could paint it up in the um, in the Marvel colors. Now I wouldn't mm. have done that with an official one because it was too ex- it's too expensive a toy to possibly mess up painting. <laughs> so I was like, well, it's thirty quid for this Ko. You know, I've heard that they're they're not bad. These Ko's are all right. You know, mm. they're they're not perfect. They're not as good as the the official. But sat on the shelf to look at it, it looks pretty much the same as the official. So I I don't mind doing that. And then there's been the occasional KO that's just better than the actual Mm. official. And I've been particularly annoyed with the official for some particular reason. And I've gone, right, well, I'm going to sell this official one. I'm going to buy the uh, the (laughs) KO because this official one is garbage and the KO is
1: better. Well, they, that is also the other thing. Like the KOs have gotten a lot better than those, you know, random multicolored ones you get in a discount shop. This is yeah, they, they have really stepped up their game. So it's um...
0: yeah, there's such thing as an as an upgrade KO, really, mm-hmm. isn't there? Like, they actually fix the issues that you know the various issues that were had with the official. So I'm, a, I'm much more um, on board with them. I think straight up KOs, you know, it's a bit, it is just stealing.
1: It's, it's, it, I think the, the, the most, well, from what I know of anyway, but the most reason why people do, like, are in favor of them is because of the part swapping. Like, unless it's something ridiculously out of scale, say if wrist break or an arm joint is not, it's not, uh, gonna get replaced by the official company, you could get the joint or the part to swap it out.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, which I have done, yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. I'm looking at you, Mayfix. I did that. I
1: didn't want to name any names. I did that. No,
0: no, I'm calling you out, (laughs) Mephix. The wrist joints on your Spider-Man figures are garbage. (laughs) Yes, I did buy a a KO Spider-Man because I've broken the wrists on that Spider-Man twice. (laughs) First time, it was straight out of the box and the retailer was kind enough to replace it. Mm -hmm. And the second time, uh, it was well after I bought it and... I was like, this is really infuriating. <laughs> so I uh, tracked down a KO and just bought the KO and took the joint out and used the used the joint <laughs> off the KO. But yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's fair game, I think. My I think you mentioned you wanted to talk about the, the well-known phrase, things that people post online all the time. Oh, yes. Wait for the KO.
1: Wait for the KO, mm-hmm.
0: How do you feel about waiting for the KO? Um,
1: I think it depends on on, on what you're talking about. Like if it's a, we say solely Transformers. Um, they normally only really KO masterpiece. They do KO the odd mainline figure, but they normally scale it up or they add extra paint or diecast or something. They change it up a bit. Yeah. But for an MP, it's normally a straight knockoff most of the time. Yeah. Um and sometimes yes, I think you should. <laughs> Cuz Okay. I'm on the fence with a lot of the Fisher Moss pieces that I have and that I I paid for and thought, well, is it worth this price when I could have got it for so much cheaper to have the same impact on what I want? Yeah.
0: On. But like, the argument
1: as Go an indi- as an individual, I don't know if it's <laughs> is the insignia on the chest Worth an extra two hundred pounds.
0: This is this is this is an argument that is flawed. <laughs> because yes, I agree. I can totally understand. You go, they really want me to pay how much for that? And then you know the KO is going to be a fraction of the price.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: These days, you can pretty much guarantee, especially G1 MPs, you can pretty much guarantee someone's going to KO it. Mm-hmm. Not everyone, but most of them, especially you know, the cars, almost always KO'd. So you you kind of know, and that's where you get the term "wait." I'm gonna I'll wait for the KO. And there's so many smart asses on. <laughs> oh, all right, I'm just gonna come straight into this thread about the brand new MP Hound or Sunstreaker or uh, I don't know whatever it is Starscream, and they'll just post. <laughs> I'll wait for the KO. <laughs> oh, did you need to tell us? But. The thing is that one of the reasons why i mean it's not the only reason why those toys are so expensive but another reason why those toys are so expensive is because of ko's because they know that they're going to get ko'd mm-hmm. so they need to make sure they sell enough units to cover the costs oh, i see and make enough money right and they know that for every one person who buys the official six are going to buy a ko or whatever so the more KOs you buy, the more expensive Masterpiece will get. So, in a way, you're pushing the price of Masterpiece up by buying the K.O.
1: I guess. I mean, it's probably worse in the MP world, or well, G1 MP world, because third party is so relevant and, like, it's so, like, well, I mean, I think it's kind of superseded uh the official Masterpiece in, in, uh, in the G1. For some thing. people. Like, it's... It depends what your collection goals are there. Yeah. I, I mean, it's... If your goal is
0: to kind of like complete G1, then yes. <laughs> you, you definitely need to go to third parties.
1: But I think that's because that's because that's also there as well as the KO, if you know what I mean? Like, it's... Mm-hmm. You're not just losing so many people to the KO. You're also losing people to all yeah. the, the you're other... You're losing people to third parties. Third KOs to
0: third parties, yeah. Like, there's a lot of people who prefer fans toys over official mm-hmm. or MMC over official or whatever it might be and you know those toys are pretty great so yeah if you're again you've got Takara putting out their let's think of a good example um,
1: MP44 <laughs> yeah
0: exactly yeah it's the it, best example <laughs> it is the best example they put out their brand new third version of Optimus Prime comes out, he's really expensive. <laughs> well it gets not comes out. He's announced and he's really mm. expensive. And he looks great, but there are some issues mm-hmm. that some people have with him. I, mean, I I wasn't a big fan, but you know if you're if you're into that cartoon aesthetic, he he totally ticks all those boxes. And everyone's like, oh but the price is
2: <laughs>
0: and along come Transform Element and Magic Square with stuff that's under a hundred quid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's very tempting, very tempting.
1: And it's, it's also because of the old, um, the higher price point figures, the more accessories and other bits and bobs and minifigs and knickknacks they get from yeah. in to kind of justify the price? Yeah. Or kind of make it more <laughs> okay in your mind? Takara
0: have got really bad for that of late, really bad for it.
1: I mean, of, say, MP44 in particular, he came with everything. Uh, the star, the, every, everything. <laughs> but he came with a thing for that one episode look where Starscream was pretending to be Prime.
0: That one thing from that one episode that no one think. That one, one thing from that one episode.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, it's a cool thing. I mean. But I, who I think, wanted that? No one ever asked for that. Honestly, hand on heart. <laughs> who <laughs> has that figure and is displaying it like that? No one. <laughs> You've taken the one picture and then it's gone back in the box. Yeah, <laughs> it's pointless. I I hate those.
0: I really <laughs> do. I, I really don't like needless accessories. And I don't think they bump the price up, but I think they use as an excuse because they're they cost a tiny amount to produce probably. But if you can go, well, this Optimus Prime may be five hundred quid. Or, no, it's was two hundred fifty, wasn't it? MP forty four.
1: I think it was about two fifty. It was free something here, Four fifty. It depends eight. where you bought it. Yeah, it depends where you got it.
0: Fact check. Orion gear is a bit anal and has a chip on his shoulder about MP prices. Takari Tomi set the recommended retail price of MP44 Convoy version 3 at 50,000 yen. That is £325 in sterling. And looking back, it was closer to £350 at the time. However, if you shopped around and went to some Japanese online retailers, you could pick one up for around two hundred and fifty pounds—bargain. But anyway, very expensive. But they're like, well, it might, it might be the most expensive MP yet. But look what it comes with. It's got a trailer. It's got a roller. It's got a little spike. It's got um, it's got, it's got a Star Screen dress-up <laughs> kit, and that kind of um does entice some people, I think. Because some people will not buy a Prime unless it has a trailer. That's a big deal for some people. Yeah, but
1: those pe- See, I can't... So like, I uh, I don't get that type of mentality when you're not going to display it in vehicle mode. And it's the robot mode that takes you know, precedence, especially in a, a Prime. It, it's And especially, that's probably the highlight of that figure anyway. The vehicle mode is a bit ropey. It's not... It's very panelly. It's not the best... So it's the robot mode is... I don't
0: know if everyone everyone would agree with you on that.
1: I mean, okay, so like a Prime in particular, I would struggle to believe it because a Prime, especially an MP Prime with trailer, takes up a lot of space. Mm -hmm. And it takes up a lot of space to make it look good on a display versus, you know, an MP car or you could get a jet looking a nice way. But having the trailer attached to the Prime in a... A good display is big. That's a lot of space. Yeah, I mean, I I
0: do agree with you. I'm not a fan of trailers with my primes because it's just a box. (laughs) It's got got this box and you've got to find (laughs) somewhere to put it. And I'd rather just not have it. But that's the thing. I I think you're right. But I think not everyone sees things the same way. Not everybody. Some people do actually like displaying stuff in alt mode. It's a much smaller percentage of people yeah, but that's what you I was know, yeah.
1: to say <laughs> yeah, but it's,
0: it's, you know, and there are um, plenty of people who who think that the trailer is essential.
1: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, 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 it is. I like. I have Prime on display in vehicle mode, but I have the Earthrise Prime in display because he is so much smaller mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and looks great in vehicle mode. So I would do it. I would do it in a smaller version. Is what I mean.
0: Yeah, but some people just some people just collect
1: masterpieces. Yeah, true. If anything, it's um, it comes down to that whole thing of like, which mode is more important to you in your in your display. So it's very individual. You know, people's view on it would be because not everyone's going to have the same type of display space or.
0: Yeah, I think we're going slightly off track now. Anyway, so I think that's for the next episode,
1: isn't it? that's for the next. Part three, isn't it? <laughs> Displays? Yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah, displaying and so on. But with the, the whole kind of wait for a KO thing, I think, in my opinion, if you like a toy enough that you want it, you should buy the official. You should buy the real thing. If you like a figure, when it when it gets announced, you see it, you think, that looks great, mm. but it's pretty expensive. You should decide then and there whether you think you want to buy it or you want to wait, wait for it to come out, maybe, and see if, if it's um, if it's got any QC issues. Then you might maybe look at a, look at a mm-hmm. KO. But just to immediately go, I'm just going to buy KOs of everything. If you never buy an official figure, they'll stop making them. Yeah.
1: Well, I see that's my type of um, well. The way I look at it, look at it from my collection is that it's hand-picking it, and it's very much well. I can't get that, or yeah, the official of that is not good. <laughs> So you kind of yeah. pick and choose type of thing, like how I have the KO version of Beast Wars Megatron and Beast Wars Beast Wars Dinobot, the MPs. Which are... I mean, that, that Dinobot is shocking. Oh, it, but I see this as the other thing. I'm never going to transform those. They will pose yeah. just as nice as where they are. I don't need to touch them.
2: <laughs> mm.
1: But... I couldn't justify the same type of mentality for the price tag of the officials. It's a, it's, so, it's, so dependent on the character for me of all, what I want the figure to do. Because if I wanted something to go back and forth, I would want the official, because I know it will survive. Yeah. But if I want something in this mode or that, I don't need any more. Because I'll be, I'll be mm. paying for a whole other side of the toy I'll never do, or never use. So that would be ridiculous. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> we discussed this on the last podcast too. You're a... Uh... Not transforming things, <laughs> but um, I can see where you're coming from. But I think it's also a fair bit to do with the fact that you um, you buy a lot more than I do. So possibly for you, dropping just over two hundred quid on Beast Wars Masterpiece Megatron—that's mm-hmm. a huge chunk of money when you're already spending fifty quid on the Earthrise one and uh, forty quid on this. And th- that's actually—I mean, I was saying this yesterday. I think those Earthrise toys are very very expensive for what they are. <laughs>
1: uh, I I wouldn't disagree with you for most of them, yeah.
0: And if you're buying them all, because I know you're not buying them all, but you're buying a lot mm-hmm. of them. You're ordering, you're pre-ordering like almost entire waves here and there, mm-hmm. aren't you? And so, if you're buying an entire wave of Earthrise, that's a few hundred quid, isn't it? So I imagine on top of that, spending masterpiece prices on on one figure. Okay feels like a lot of, like, it feels like less value for money.
1: Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's okay with certain things, but when it comes to Transformers, it yeah, that definitely does play a part, because, I mean, I don't really buy a lot of Marvel Legends, but mm-hmm. if I did, I guess it would be kind of the similar things when I'm thinking about buying certain Mafex characters. It's like...
0: Yeah, or a, or a, fig or a figure or whatever, or anything yeah. like
1: that, where I know it's a, there's a, a comparable... Version of the same type of scale, like even Power Rangers, for example, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not the same, and it's not what I'd be getting out of it. And then sometimes I was like, "Do I need it? Why is it? Is it actually is these um, SH figure arts better than the main line? Is it? Is it really, or is it just because it's SH figure arts? This is that where I the, have to.
2: This
0: is where the two, where me and you have the opposite opinion, because I would rather pay. Mm-hmm. 100 quid mm-hmm. for a really nice figure than 100 quid for four or five not-quite-so-nice figures. I would rather buy MP Dinobot than buy uh, the entire um, first wave of Kingdom Beast Wars figures. Yeah. Because MP Dinobot is a beautiful figure, a brilliant figure, a wonderful um representation of a great character from a great show and I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. Except for his sword, but yeah. His sword's fine. <laughs> What's wrong with his sword? Well, because it's pink. <laughs> it's show
1: accurate to a fault for that one yeah, scene. Yeah, <laughs> well, I agree, I
0: agree. It shouldn't be pink, but it's not, it's not as bright pink as you might... Oh, I, no, anyway. No, I'm, the, I'm just joking. The kingdom one looks like a penis.
1: <laughs> I knew you were going to say that.
0: <laughs> At least this one looks like the sword from the show. <laughs> that kingdom one's terrible. But yeah, it's the same with 6-inch stuff, like those GI Joe figures, Marvel Legends. I would still rather spend 60, 70 quid on a Mafex figure than buy any of those. But you know, like I could I could afford how many 20 20-pound 20 figures could I afford? Like three or four.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd still rather have that one really nice figure than those four okay figures.
1: But that's why I I think that's why we differ on it. It's like I, it's not that doesn't apply to everything for me. It, apply, it does apply for mm-hmm. some things. Like, there are some things where I'm like, well, that is the best. Like, the, say, the Mapex or the Sentinel Miles, mm-hmm. I picked those instead of the mainline one. Yeah. Because it was the better option for that particular character and what I wanted for it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't apply for every every character.
0: No. But I think that's because you, you collect a lot more stuff. My my collection's a lot more S- yeah. small and curated, if you know what I mean. You, you you've got a lot more stuff on your shelves. <laughs> I don't think I used to collect like you do, but I I can't do it anymore, and I'm I i do not want the I don't want the hassle of all mm-hmm. that stuff.
1: But you do, you. <laughs> don't worry. When I have my epiphany and I come to and I start selling my stuff, I'll come to you. And get... Well, you, you, I won't be buying any of no, it. No, no, no. I'll, I'll come to you as a, <laughs> as a as a wise guru to figure out what I'm going to do with it all. My
0: so we're talking toy hunting. Has have you got any kind of good stories of times where you've hunted something down, like a Grail of some sort?
1: Not really um, amazing stories. I mean, there's a couple of Grails I had when I was younger, like um, Optimal Optimus, mm-hmm. um, that I somehow convinced my parents to buy off eBay, or Leo Convoy or Lio Convoy. Yeah, I don't know why I love that <laughs> that figure that design so much, but for years I really wanted the original release of him and it was so hard to get. And I think I got even got the Robot Masters one before I got the actual first release. The Beast Wars two version. Beast Wars second version. Beast Wars Second version, yeah. Yeah. And um I think the the powered up version of it I kept seeing floating about on eBay I was like, Yeah, but it's not the one I want, it's Flash Convoy. Flash Convoy. Yeah. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it's cool, It's sparkly and kind of see-through, but I want that one. Yeah. It took a while, but I did eventually get him. Him and Galvatron, um, mm-hmm. from the same series, and it was they probably like one of the proper Grails I had for a long time because I really wanted that figure for a, a long internet hunting like type of time. I would always be checking. Yeah. But if anything, more recently, it's probably been like just random figures I've stumbled across. Like, uh, but I don't think that doesn't really count as a grail. Uh, it's just things that I thought looked cool or stuff from my childhood that I thought was cool, but I never mm. got a figure of. Or uh, maybe I have some sort of weird nostalgia for a figure I did have, which I broke or got mm. broken. I was like, well, it'd be nice to get the update to this now, though, with all the new paint and engineering. Yeah. And that does happen now here and there. I recently I've got um Evolution's Toys Metalda, which is the main character in VR Troopers. Okay. The kind of knockoff version of Power Rangers. But well, it's, it's by Savannah, it's the same company, but yeah. it was their second attempt to do that. And I just I randomly I was looking for another toy and I noticed someone else's review of it and straight from there I was like I'm buying this. I... <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I've done it I've done that a few times, yeah.
1: I did not know I needed this in my life but I need it now. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it does happen. You just chance across something or you just go you know what I'd really like I really like a toy of this particular comic book character or whatever. I wonder what ones there are. And you start <laughs> you start researching online and you come across so much stuff. And then you like, and then you're all of a sudden you're in, you're neck deep in a line somewhere, you yeah. right? going <laughs> buying tons of stuff because you just wanted that one figure. I think I I told you about how I got hold of Kobe Rambo. Oh, yeah. By getting hold of that two pack, I think it's called the Sonic Bomber two pack or whatever.
1: I believe you sold that.
0: There's <laughs> been a few times where I've been after a particular figure and it's been really difficult to get hold of. For example, Air Attack Optimus Primal from Robots in Disguise. I wanted that so bad. I remember seeing it in Woolworths when it was out. And at the time, I wasn't into Transformers. And I was just like, what the hell's that? It's a ridiculous great big monkey. And then I got into Transformers and I watched Beast Machines and I really liked it. And I was like, I really need that toy now because it's the best representation of primal from that series i need to get hold of one i couldn't find one anywhere and i had to trawl through ebay mm-hmm. for ages no one was selling them unpopular figure unpopular character probably didn't make that many
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know the things that just disappeared slowly and no one cared
1: he was in a line that wasn't he wasn't in so it was uh... yeah like
0: they did with a lot of robots in disguise It just slapped out some stuff <laughs> and went oh we we'll just pick, stick this in the line why not yeah. don't matter so I was trawling through eBay trying to find it and I eventually found a seller in America and I have no idea why he'd done this but he'd bundled it together with the US version of MP1.
1: Okay.
0: Both of them in the same auction. and I, I already had MP1. I had the Japanese one, the original Takara release. Mm. So I already had that. But I was so desperate to get this Optimus Primal that I bid on and won this auction and had to pay the shipping from america for these two pretty big heavy toys Uh, yeah i mean gosh and i got stung for customs (laughs) so i had to like drive out to the middle of nowhere to some depot and pay a customs fee and pick it up so i spent way more than that figure was really worth and i sold the spare masterpiece prime off and made a bit of money back that way Mm. But it didn't matter because I got that figure. I could tick, I could tick that figure off and like, I've got it. Now, fast forward about 15 years and it's leg leg exploded and it's now in bits. But
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had that on the shelf for so many years and I loved it and it, I got my money's worth out of it, even if it cost too much. And that, that's a, an example of kind of like some serious toy hunting, I think. Yeah,
1: I think I think that, that does play a part in it. It's because it's when there's a. I can't think of another one that's probably going to. A- I would call it, Primus from Cybertron. Oh, yeah. Having a physical representation of Cybertron, and then liking the show as well, it was a, a toy I was hunting for a long time, and getting it to complete it, because you kind of needed the... Uh, a mega mega lock. lock,
0: A megalock, yeah. Yeah,
1: to actually transform it, unless you wanted to put a biro in there or something to get the things to unlock... I hate
0: I hate those things like the Power Masters.
1: Oh yeah, you can't transform it otherwise. <laughs> oh, I don't like it. I've got bad stories. But go on. I couldn't find that complete for the longest time. Yeah. And it was it was quite a. a... You should have bought it off me. Well, well, yeah. You should have There's bought a it lot of things. Me. a lot of things I would like to bought off you. <laughs> <laughs> um, they had when did I can't remember when it was? They did a re a redo of it. With Unicron, and they had different colours. Did they? Okay. I wouldn't wear that. Unicron was made to look more like the the, the movie.
0: Yes, I remember that. They, they did. Yeah, they made one that looked far yeah. more like the movie Unicron. But I didn't look- know they did a Primus as well, because Primus doesn't turn into a robot that anyone's seen before. Like, he's a completely original yeah. design. He's not... There's no nostalgia there like there is with the Unicron. Because that, you know it's because I, mean.
1: I grew up with the, the Unicron trilogy, so it was like, wow... Cool, you know, but then I, because of that sole reason, because it was in the show and this new deco does not look like the show version. Um, and I was starting to get out of the whole thing of buying the same mold, regardless of which character it's representing. <laughs> I wanted that one and it was okay. so hard to find it complete. Um, but I did in the end. Um, I think it probably was from eBay mm-hmm. and it was, I mean, it's still quite a, a big staple in my collection at the moment. Like I really, like a lot of my toys from that era. Kind of live in boxes, and I only take them up for pictures or now and then. But that toy is still pretty high up on one of my shelves with my um, Zeta Unicorn. Yeah, it means quite a lot to my collection having that figure there.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think when you have to when you have to do the extra work to get something, mm. you you value it more. It feels it feels more um, more special.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: You probably value that Primus more just because of what you went through to get hold of it. Oh. Yeah, I've had that with a few figures. The Japanese version of Superlink Kicker. I um, Mm -hmm. really had to track... I I can't remember. I think I was just trawling through buy-sell trade forums, Mm -hmm. desperately trying to find it, because it basically completed my collection. (laughs) I wanted all the... Well, pretty much all the show characters from Superlink or Energon. Mm -hmm. And that other Kicker, the one that came out in the UK and US, that was rubbish. Oh, yes, when compared with the one that they had in Japan, that was a proper microman figure and much nicer than the one that came with that little bike.
1: It came with a bike. I was trying to think, what, what did it come with? Like it came with a transforming bike. It was one of the, the Minicons that made. What's his name? Perceptor? It's Perceptor. Yeah. They joined to make Perceptor. Was it oversized? It was oversized. I don't think it transformed. Mm. But it was meant to be. The same guy. Yeah.
0: Actually, it did transform. The robot in question was Highwire, both this version and the original Minicon transformed into a dirt bike. The Minicon version combined with a moped and a skateboard to form Perceptor. This larger version was actually a new mold and was not just an oversized version of the Minicon. In dirt bike mode it scaled with the Hasbro version of Kicker, who was more akin to a GI Joe than a Microman, but in robot mode it awkwardly towered over him. So I I remember kind of having to kind of contact this guy and kind of go, you know, have you got it? Can you send it to me? Oh, but I don't mind paying a bit extra for it, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But that felt much more special due to the, the hunt mm-hmm. to in order to get hold of it. And the fact that it kind of, it became like a centrepiece of the collection, not just because it was rare, but just because it was a great little oh, thing yeah. And it went so perfectly with my, um, my Ironhide <laughs> or Roadbuster <laughs> or whatever. Because I didn't even like Roadbuster as a toy, but he worked with <laughs> Kicker because of their relationship in the show. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's a few, there's been a few things like that where it's just felt like it's an achievement to get that thing that you couldn't, you know,
1: you, you thought you couldn't get hold of. It's, it's true, and it does, it does kind of, it does foil to those type of little. It's still more of the little characters of anything, isn't it? That you know that fall mm-hmm. through the cracks that you can't get a hold of, or is a lot yeah. more rare. Yeah.
0: And tracking down like uh, limited edition Japanese versions of these characters, like, I've really got carried away, I think, with Superlink and Energon because I got all of the, um, and and uh, Galaxy Force as well, but I got all of the different variants of the Terracons. I love the Terracons, I thought they were fantastic little figures. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I had Cruelock, Doomlock Doom Lock, mm-hmm. Lock Magma Type, which is the red one.
1: Yeah,
0: and I had the various odd recolors of them from because in Japan they did like what was the what was the bird called dive bomb it dive bomb mm-hmm. so dive bomb was white, mm-hmm. but there was a Japanese one that was blue. I got that as well. I just went mental, and like, <laughs> and I had the Japanese version of Scorponok Wow, he had this army of Terracons <laughs> and I loved it. It was brilliant. I had you know. Ravage, Battle Ravage, etc. It was a nice... I mean, I really liked that at the time. I mean, it's all gone now, but (laughs) tracking those down was quite a lot of fun. And that's something that's missing now. Unless you're trying to track down like older vintage figures, these days it's not about... Tracking stuff down because they're hard to get because they're only available in this country or they were a, an exclusive or whatever. These days, it's just you just need to hit that website at the right time and pre-order it. Yeah, let's be
1: on refresh constantly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, when was it? It was a couple of months ago where um, you were looking for a certain GI Joe figure, and I just stumbled to stumble uh, on a post on Facebook of yeah, Capal uh, Toys was going to put up some new GI Joe figures. Mm-hmm. At a certain time. Yeah. And it's like, well, if I didn't see it.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I
1: mean, by the time you saw it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know no, that. that would all been gone. It was really helpful. Although,
0: <laughs> well, it was. I got I got hold of the figure. But then the funny thing is that all the other websites started doing the same thing. So, like, I got one from Kapow, and then the next day I got one from Comics and Cocktails. Like, they all started getting stock in. But yeah, no, absolutely.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, so. I think we're going to round this off by talking about opening toys, because that's what it's all about, isn't it? Like that, <laughs> The whole upshot of the hunt is getting the thing in your hands and opening it up, and that joy, that new toy joy that you get. Mm-hmm. So talk us through your, your opening ritual. What do you generally <laughs> uh, do?
1: Um, well, for most of my um, figures that come in, they come in via the post, so mm-hmm. opening the actual... <laughs> brown box that it would arrive in is always a bit of a joy it's almost like a Christmas day type of feel or uh um <laughs> past the parcel or something like that you're just unwrapping of this um packaging mm-hmm. and when you get the actual figure box i I always now take pictures of the box
0: yeah because you gotta get those likes
1: not so much not so <laughs> much for that it's kind of um it's a two-fold thing it's like it's lots of yeah obviously letting other collectors know That this figure exists and that's what it looks like. But it's also been a good thing for me personally to backtrack and look at Mm -hmm. the different things I've bought. That's true. Yeah. When I've, when I've bought it and if I bought it new or not. Because when you get into the numbers I have, you kind of forget. You need a spreadsheet. I do need to do a spreadsheet. But (laughs) (laughs) at least I'll have pictures for my spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, not a lot of figures I think have very good boxes. In terms of presentation or it's, you can reuse it or whatever, a lot of them are pretty just crap boxes. But if you mm-hmm. are the type collector who keeps boxes, um, sometimes that could be another element of like, do you take it out of the box? Do you, yeah, <laughs> is it better to have the, all the accessories in the box or do you take them out into something else and a, a little baggy? or, yeah, you know, all those other little things. Yeah. So,
0: I'm pretty pretty much the same. Uh, A lot of my stuff comes in, well, for the longest time, my stuff has come in pretty much exclusively through mail order. Mm -hmm. Very rare that I buy a figure in an actual shop. It happens from time to time, but it's it's pretty rare. I open the box. I'll sometimes take a picture of the box. I sometimes won't. I'm not that bothered. Mm -hmm. Because the stuff I buy is usually more kind of Mm high-end as opposed to mainline stuff, the box is usually quite nice. Not always, but often they're quite nice. And also they're worth money when you're reselling.
1: That's another thing. Yeah.
0: And you know you know how I I'm so <laughs> fickle that I will change my mind and want to sell it on. So I very rarely throw boxes away and I do mm-hmm. and I am careful to open them carefully. Mm-hmm. I like to like carefully slice the tape and uh pull out the plastic tray or whatever, and then uh, carefully take everything out. And I usually do that, and then I'll pose the figure a bit, have a good look at it, check it's all there, check it's all working. Mm -hmm. And then if it's a transformer, depending on how much time I've got, I might transform it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Otherwise, it'll go up on a shelf and I'll take it down later and transform it. But (laughs) I'll pose it a bit, do or don't transform it, or if it's a transformer. And then... I'll play about with some of the accessories, maybe, you know, pull them on and off. And then I've got myself a little case that I keep all my accessories in and I'll bag them all up together and stick them in the box. And then, uh, and then, and then stick them up on the shelf, pose them with the rest of my collection. Mm -hmm. And then, and then it's quite possible I won't touch it again for another four months, (laughs) but I'll have a good few days with that one figure playing around with it, and this is, which is why I quite like stuff coming in 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 small amounts. Because if I get like th- three or four things at the same time, I can't give that dedicated attention to the one thing mm. as much as I would. Mm. You know, I think, I can't remember what happened with um, Mafex Peter B. Parker, but when he came in, I, I had something else on, on the go. It might have been a Legends figure or something, but because he came in at the same time as something else and because he's quite intricate and Mm. uh, he's got that cloth coat and all that kind of stuff I just kind of pushed him to one side and and to this day I've not really done much with him (laughs) I need to get him down off the shelf and pose him a bit and switch out some of the parts and stuff Uh, currently he's just stood there in his sweatpants drinking a cup of (laughs) coffee and he's been like that the entire time pretty much ever since (laughs) I first got him out played around with a few accessories and then put them on the shelf. So it's nice to have um, things just come in one at a time and we have some good quality time with each one. Mm-hmm. But in the old days that I used to get domestic, current mainline stuff, I used to always flatten the boxes, throw the boxes out, maybe cut some things out off the boxes. Mm-hmm. In fact, in the really old days when I was buying in, in the 80s and the 90s, mm-hmm. I used to cut all the tech specs and file cards <laughs> off of the back of the boxes, and I used to put them in a folder. Wow. If you did that now, people would think you're crazy because you <laughs> want to keep the bo- keep those boxes minty fresh because they're vintage. Vintage. They're, they're, they're worth money in themselves. The boxes. Mm-hmm. I mean, people people buy empty G one boxes.
1: Oh yeah,
0: yeah. So like, but yeah, no. I just get the scissors out. There's a little picture. <laughs> <laughs> there's a little picture of a of a scissors oh, around yeah, the it, uh it was around the textbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I just chop them up <laughs> and and yeah that's what, I'd keep them like that, but when I was collecting mainline stuff like when, say you know unicorn trilogy days, I just anything that was bought domestically, I just flatten that and throw it out mm. unless unless I thought that there was some particular reason to keep the box, I wouldn't. Whereas I would tend to keep the Japanese boxes just because they were so much nicer. Mm. And again, if I did want to sell them, they would probably fetch a bit more if you have the box.
1: I I, I did used to keep some of the, even carded figures, figures you can't put back. I did used to keep the cards. And Mm. uh, I'm quite sure why. I did it for quite a few random figures and it would end up in a box in the in the cellar or something and it would just stumble across it now and then and reminisce and look at it like, oh yeah, where is that figure?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, I do tell a lie, there was a period before I decided, no, why am I keeping all this stuff mm. and flattened it and got rid of it? There was a period where I was cutting very carefully using <laughs> a, a scalpel to cut the blister off the front of a card <laughs> So that I didn't damage the card, and i just i think I just had an a, a realization one day where I was like, "What the hell am I doing?" this is a, a mini-con set from from Armada. no one's gonna need this card, so i yeah I stopped so do you um so you, you do you destroy all your boxes then
1: um mostly mainline stuff mm-hmm. Kingdom boxes I have not destroyed. I've just flattened them and put them aside because I love that box art on those Kingdoms. just like boxes. the artwork, yeah. It's what drew me into the line, really, because I was still pretty mm. much on the fence when it came out until I think you sent me a picture of what the the box art looks like. And I was like, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the box art's pretty good,
0: but I don't know if I would buy the line just based on the box art. Oh,
1: I would. I mean, <laughs> well, because the other... Sie- Siege Earth Earthrise has been... All, all of the trilogy pots have been pretty good. Yeah, it's just that I think because the Kingdom one has both modes on the front and this all uh, more cardboard packaging look, mm-hmm. I just uh, it won me over. Yeah, I'm, um, I
0: mean, I'm I do give Hasbro props for using less plastic in the boxes. Although mm-hmm. I wish they do it with all their lines.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> the other ones they do. <laughs> well.
0: Let's go back to GI Joe classified again. They've got massive windows, so yeah. they've not done it. They've not done it across the board yet.
1: No, they haven't.
0: But no, no, their box art is is pretty good. I do. I will agree with you on that.
1: The only other thing I would do in an opening probably is have um, my favorite YouTuber of the figure in question. If it's a transformer, and I think that a part of the transformation is going to be ridiculously difficult. If we we're talking masterpiece or something, or If it's something like Mafex, I'm like, if all the bits and bobs need to be there. I do also do that sometimes. I'm just like, yeah, this is a guide of the thing I'm opening now.
0: Yes, I mean, in a way, especially with the higher-end stuff, it's sort of essential to do your research before you get the figure. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't realise that there's a particular QC issue or Mm -hmm. a difficult bit of transformation or something it might easily break mm. and you just go into it blind <laughs> and then whatever it is breaks and then you go, oh, what? And then you go on the forum and you say, guys, guys, I just broke <laughs> my masterpiece, whatever. And guaranteed, some asshole is going to go, didn't you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so,
0: uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> I've just wasted a couple of hundred quid and fucked this figure up. But all you can do is just call me an idiot for not watching several different videos or reading 800 pages of comments about Mm -hmm. this particular thing in order to find out that, oh, they didn't build it very well. It's not my fault that they didn't do a good job. But yeah, so you do have to do that, definitely.
1: Yeah, you have to be careful. I mean, I have the there's two new Mafex X-Men well they're not new now um, new for me mm-hmm. Mafex, um Cyclops and Wolverine well, we're
0: gonna we're gonna get onto this we're yeah, on going
1: <laughs> so those I'm like I'm I'm hesitant because I know that there are some issues with more the paint for both of them and Wolverine's arms so I'm like mm-hmm.
2: nah,
1: we'll see <laughs> well this brings us on to the next
0: thing no, never let it be said that we don't make sacrifices for this podcast because <laughs> uh because the two of us have held off opening our recent purchases Mm -hmm. in order to do it live on air, as it were. (laughs) As it were, I do feel like we need to make it clear that we're not sponsored by Mafex. Oh, yeah. No, no. We just both buy quite a few Mafex figures. In (laughs) fact, I have some pretty harsh words to say about Mafex, (laughs) and I did, in fact. I spoke about their wrist joints. So (laughs) we're, we're not sponsored by Mafex, but we do like... Their stuff. So, what do you have there to open, Dave? In fact, you just mentioned, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Uh, my Wolverine and Cyclops from the 90s Marvel Comics Jim Lee run fight figures.
0: Yeah, Jim Lee inspired uh, X-Men figures, which were very, very nice. Mm-hmm. I was tempted by that Wolverine, that first Wolverine when it was announced, but I, I thought, no, slippery slope, <laughs> look out. <laughs> don't don't start down that route because then you'll then you'll be getting the Cyclops. Then you'll be getting, and you don't even like Cyclops.
1: Oh yes, yeah. so it's, it's, uh, <laughs> this morning I was thinking to myself: what if they made a beast, wouldn't that be great?
0: Both... That would be great. Both... I'd be tempted. I have... do you know what? I'd be tempted to get a beast. What is
1: exactly like? I was just like, oh yeah, because I was thinking about your the um, Dark Knight Returns, Batman, and he's kind of chunky. He's kind of big what if they engineered that Ah, mm. oh.
0: <laughs> yeah talking of which so the figure i have to open is batman the dark knight returns the joker mm-hmm. now this is one where i wasn't originally going to pre-order this but then i was like "Ah, oh, but i've got them i've got the batman and it is a fantastic figure mm-hmm. with the black cloak black you know black and gray mm-hmm. one and I've got the blue and grey one on pre-order that comes with um, Robin. Oh, yeah. And I've also got the armoured Batman on pre-order. And I've now got the Superman on pre-order. <laughs> so I've basically gone in, f- <laughs> I'm, I'm in... I'm in for them all, aren't I? I'm clearly in for them all. So I did end up pre-ordering the Joker. Even though the Joker's not a character that requires mad articulation. Mm. But it I've got to say, looking at it through the window here, it's pretty beautiful. It's a pretty good-looking figure. Uh, so I'm going to pop it open, so... Uh, cheers! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm slicing the tape now. Well, this is exciting. <laughs> there we go. I'm using the... So I'm using a, a, a pair of scissors. I'm just uh, using the, the blade of the pair of scissors to uh, <laughs> slice the tape in. Um, I tend to open my figures at the top. What about you? Um,
1: it depends on the figure. It depends on if there's any good graphics at the top versus the bottom. Mm. Um.
0: I always go for the top, and I tend to go. On, I tend to go on the left hand side. I think if it's on the side, if the the flap's on the side. Maybe. But I'm, I'm I'm not too fussy. You know, I'm like, I know some people are very specific about what side they open, that they all open all their boxes on the same side and all that kind of stuff. I'm not quite... That's not quite a big thing. Now, I I hadn't thought of this, actually, but the Joker comes with a stand.
1: What the hell does he need a stand for? <laughs> um, to stand up, I would imagine. He's very top-heavy in that buff suit of his. No!
0: <laughs> well, maybe, but... All the other previous Mattex figures I've got with stands make perfect sense because they've been Spider-Man or uh, Batman, um, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: so you know they they will be doing kind of leepy, jumpy type things. But you don't get the Joker doing that much. I suppose it's still good to have. I've got a few too many of these stands now. To be
1: honest, yeah, they're all starting to mount up. Mm. I do
0: love the colours on this. There, I think that's. Yeah. Let me. Uh, let me increase the size of your window so I can see it. Yeah, it looks great. I mean as as we've discussed before on uh WhatsApp, I'm more of a fan of the other deco. The um mm-hmm. we're talking about Wolverine here, by the way, guys. I'm more of a fan of the uh like tan and brown and tan outfit. I just think it's a lot more street level and it looks for me Wolverine isn't a isn't a character who should be running around in like brightly coloured superhero gear. Uh. So <laughs> So it feels like that outfit, although that outfit is absolutely iconic, the Mm. Tiger Strike one, most, not mostly, but quite a lot due to that TV series, the 90s animated TV series. It still always felt a little bit kind of weird to me, but that's because I'm an old comic book reader. I'm not, you know, my, my introduction to, to X-Men wasn't that TV series.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a mixture of things for me. I think it's also, it's, yes, it's the show. Um, sometimes even the video games. Oh yeah. Um, why I like it so much. But I think it was the kind of dry run we had in the movies as well of like The Matrix came out, and the Matrix had black leather. So like, we're all gonna be in black leather now. Because Do
0: you think that's what it was? I I thought it was more t- I thought it was more to do with the fact that at the time that those movies were being made, the idea of superhero costumes was a bit kind of like they look ridiculous. Oh
1: yeah, they make a dig at it in the film. They even say it like, you know, uh, Spandex. Something about Spandex. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because superhero costumes do look a little bit ridiculous on real people. Now, <laughs> the MCU have done a, fa- a fairly good job of making them look alright. Mm-hmm. Um, By kind of updating them and making them a bit more kind of intricate and uh, same goes for Spider-Man. They've kind of done it well there. But like, previous two (laughs) x-men there were some very dodgy looking superhero outfits in superhero movies you know it it worked for superman because superman is just so iconic but there were some pretty iffy like there was that captain america movie that was awful oh
1: with the the fake robert ears on the suit on the outside Mm. and stuff Mm -hmm. i mean it's i get what you mean it's i guess what what i like about x-men from that era of the 90s was that they, their uniforms were so ununiform. Everyone's suit looks. They didn't necessarily look like they were part of uh, others, the same unit or team. Yeah, all their suits so that were was a new mismatch. Then
0: that was quite a new thing as well because like when X Men first came out, they all had a an X Men uniform. Yeah. X Men uniform, and they often did wear that. I mean, even Wolverine wore it at one point.
1: There we go. Oh, there he is.
0: Here's the Joker. Yeah, look at that!
1: Oh gosh, yeah, that face top. Yeah, it does look like him.
0: It's nice. Yeah, and uh, let's see if he, see if he's top heavy or not. Well, his feet are a bit wonky at the moment, so he's not going to stand on them. So there we go. He's got rockers, obviously. Probably got a nice drop down. <laughs> um, or... He stands just fine. No, it's actually no. I'm I'm kind of pleased I got him. Oh, he's got really nice knees. <laughs> Like, like, look, look at this. They're kind of, oh, I can show you. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Like really, um, got a nice hard section in the middle, like because he's obviously he's wearing a suit, so it's a bit difficult to do. But oh, uh, well, got a little bit of miscolouration there. I can probably remove. But yeah, they're quite nice. The knees are really, um, really quite chunky, big chunky joints, which is nice. And oh, right, the wrists, the wrists. No oh, dear. Uh, the bigger ball bigger ball pegs than you get on your uh, bloody spider man
1: <laughs> Oh but have you noticed recently with the um uh, the hush catwoman? Uh huh. That they've they've started um putting like pegs in the extra hands so they keep the, the shape. And oh, they'll be yes. extra tight. Yeah, I did see that.
0: Yeah, that's that's good. Um they've done that with um They've done that with the Sentinel miles as well. Yes, yeah. His extra bits have like pegs in them to hold them together like his um the extra shorts we have have little plugs in the holes mm-hmm. so that you That's good. I do th- I do And oh, oh yes.
1: There you go. Oh, he does have it. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, um I'm just showing I'm just showing Dave that my um oops. My Joker his additional hands are on little little sprues as it were that you can take them on and off of which that's is really it's. nice because yeah because that's one thing that really is terrifying about some of the earlier MathX stuff the hands that are on them in the box come on and off just fine but when you're trying <laughs> to put the, the extra hands the on it's ones. such so tough it's so tight and you are you're, you're t- absolutely terrified you're going to break the ball peg especially those really really tiny ones on things like um Miles or whatever, and oh gosh, yeah, and pulling his head off to swap his head is such <laughs> scary.
1: There's
0: nothing, it made me hate the figure. It made me hate the figure. I got so angry with it. It's
1: not just the head, it's the neck you have to swap out if you want the other. Oh. Bits, isn't...
0: <laughs> good god, I can't wait to replace it with that sentinel figure. There, yeah, no, no, I'm pleased with this. He's good, he's got this amazing second head.
1: Oh, yeah, with the batarang in
0: his face, the batarang in his eye. Really good, actually. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I am happy with my purchase. Even though originally I was like, oh,
1: "I'm not sure
0: about this. Have I gone a bit too far?" What are you thinking of Cyclops? Does he look all right?
1: Oh yeah, they do. They both look great together. It's uh,
0: because I know some people complained that the proportions were a bit wonky. Oh, that does like because he's got really, he's got a really wide chest. I think Cyclops. that doesn't bother
1: me as much. I think um, even people had a problem with the long arms. And I? My... I just assumed that he had long arms because he needed to reach his face. Whereas a lot of other characters <laughs> don't. And it's like... Well, I suppose. Is, um,
0: but, but, hmm. Uh, well, okay. if, you, if you want to explain it that way, you go ahead.
1: That's the that's the most logical reason I would think why his arms are longer than they need to be.
0: Yeah. You know that all humans can reach their face regardless. Oh, of yeah, the, I know. But I mean, like... The lens of the, when, it, but yes, when it comes okay. to an action
1: figure, yeah. there's always that weird type of Outward pose, it has to do to reach the hand, reach the head. But yes. I guess they want it to be more, you can adjust yeah, it. Yeah, they
0: need butterfly joints yeah. to that kind of thing. That's always really, that used to really piss me off with. Um, so I'm quite a big Green Arrow fan. Not Arrow, I think Arrow is terrible, guys. <laughs> awful, 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 terrible TV show. Please do not watch it. But Green Arrow, big fan of Green Arrow. But the number of Green Arrow figures and Hawkeye figures that can't actually do a pulling a bow stance mm-hmm. uh, pose because they don't have enough articulation in their elbows and shoulders or, or wrists, because you've obviously got to move, move, move wrists as well. You've got to, because there's a specific way of holding a bow. Mm-hmm. That really pisses me off. But it's like this figure, this character <laughs> is, a, is a bowman. It's his. <laughs> it's what he does. He shoots arrows. He should be able to stand there and pose with. You, you've even put a bloody bow in with him. <laughs> he's got to be able to hold it and look like he's lining a shot up.
1: He's got to do the thing that he's meant to do, Rissler.
2: So, yeah.
0: Right, I think that's just about enough for part two of our ongoing collecting series of podcasts. Part three should be on displaying your figures and after that who knows <laughs> uh, if you have any suggestions for uh, what, what part four might be about uh, please let us know on social media you can connect with us on Facebook there's an Arg My Optics page I'm on there as Orion Gear and on Twitter and Instagram I am at Gear Orion and Orion underscore gear respectively Dave, where can they go to find endless wonky blue background documentations of your strange fetish for <laughs> infantized versions of every franchise under the sun?
1: <laughs> On Instagram, virtualdave26.
0: <laughs> Excellent. If you enjoyed our podcast, well done. It's no easy task, I'm sure. However, if you did, and you'd be so kind as to like and subscribe and share and, you know, let other people know about it, we will be eternally grateful talking of terribly kind behaviour we'd like to thank those that have given us encouragement on social media message boards and so on we really appreciate it Mm -hmm. and we'd like to thank you all for listening please do join us again next time on Ag My My Optics